Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Yeah, it's good. It's real good. If you're wondering what I'm drinking, it is a seltzer water, and this flavor is coconut lime. And it is really good. It's got the essence of coconut, the essence of lime, which I'm not really sure what that means, but it is quite tasty. Let's jump right into it today. I hope, by the way, it's Friday. Uh, you got one more day to be productive, so I hope God blesses you with extreme productivity today for you and your family. And I hope this weekend coming up is wonderful for you as well, especially the Lord's Day. Make sure that you go to church on the Lord's Day to worship God in spirit and truth with your brethren, sing songs unto the Lord, greet each other with a holy kiss, communion, the whole thing. So let's jump into it today. I wanted to, um, well, let me say this. It may be hard to believe for some of you, but you know, A.D. Robles used to be a bit of an idiot. I know. It's it's difficult to accept, I know, but just take it from me. I know myself pretty well. I used to be a huge idiot. Let me give you an example. Back in the day, right right when I was converting, actually right before I converted to Christ, I was a libertarian. Now, Now, I'm not saying libertarians are idiots. There's a lot of very smart people that are libertarians, but I was an idiot. That's for sure. And what I used to do is I used to, what idiots tend to do, is that they paint with a very broad brush in inappropriate situations. Now, if you're painting the side of a house or like a wall or something, yeah, you want the broadest brush possible so that you can do it quickly, you can do it smoothly and stuff like that. But when you're trying to, to make nuanced cases or, or things that are more complex, a little, little complexity, you got you to gotta shrink down the size of the brush. And so but what I used to do is I, when I came to the conclusion that, you know, the TSA, for example, was an immoral institution, the Federal Reserve was an immoral institution. When I came to those conclusions, you know, basically I acted as if everyone who works for these organizations is evil. Right. So I'd go to the, the airport and I'd see the TSA workers. And in my mind, I'd be like, look, look at these thugs. What a bunch of jerks. I mean, they'll do anything for money. And, you know, there's some sense of that. You know, obviously, you don't necessarily want to work for an immoral organization. But we got to be honest that as bad as the TSA is, they do provide a service that is necessary. Now, they shouldn't be doing it. It should be private security for each airline, and you should pick the airline that you feel is the most secure, whatever. Like, that's how it should be done. But the job's got to get done, right? We got to have secure flights. We got to have security in some way way and so it's not like like they're not pure evil right the organization is immoral it shouldn't exist we shouldn't be paying for that with taxpayer money but the people that work there they're doing a job and they're doing a job that needs to get done and so we need to understand that there's there's some good there too i guess is what i'm trying to say and so we don't want to be painting with this huge brush like old ad the idiot like the way i used to do Now, what I was thinking, the reason why I started thinking about this in terms of evangelicalism and Big Eva, there's two reasons. The first one is um, every time I post about the Federal Reserve and how they're doing something evil with the monetary supply, which they always do, let's just face it, the Federal Reserve is an evil system. It's a debt-based monetary system that is is completely immoral. It's counterfeiting, except in an acceptable kind of way. Well, anyway, every time I post about that on Gab, there's one woman who responds to me, and she she doesn't know who she's talking to, right? I've been reading about the Federal Reserve 
reserve for like two decades at this point. But so she'll so say she just assumes I don't know what I'm talking about. She goes, what is a central banker? Define what a central banking is and name for me five Fed governors like she's trying to say that I don't know what I'm talking about. And it certainly strikes me as like she probably has a relative, like maybe her daddy or her husband works for the Federal Reserve. And um, I, I told her yesterday, I, I haven't responded to any of her ridiculous comments, but yesterday I said, look, it sounds like you probably know someone personally that works there. I am not saying everyone who works for the Fed is evil. So don't worry about it. I think that they're an evil organization, but it doesn't mean everyone who works there is evil. In fact, a lot of what the Federal Reserve does, you know, gathering economic data and, you know, compiling it and making the graphs and stuff, that, that's work that needs to get done, too. That's honest work, right? Because it's important for us to know what the GDP is of our country. It's important for us to know, you know, the, certain things about the monetary supply, although, you know, that, that's kind of walking a, a little bit of a line there. But in any case, like I just wanted her to know, it's not personal. If you have, if your dad works for the Federal Reserve, it's not personal, right? The organization shouldn't exist. We should have free market money, but it does exist. And some of the work they do there is honest and good and all of that. The other reason I was thinking about this was something I heard uh, Owen Benjamin uh, say. And the reason I was listening to Owen Benjamin is he, he, um, he did a video recently where he was talking about the song Disarm from the Smashing Pumpkins. It's about like child abuse and stuff like that. It's one of my favorite songs. And like, you know, Owen Benjamin is pretty good about like breaking down like song meanings and stuff like that. And I was like, oh man, I wonder what like the secret meaning here is. Well, there is no secret meaning. It's a song about child abuse. And anyway, bottom line, um, he was mentioning how, you know, the FBI, for example, I think that the FBI shouldn't exist. I think that Many parts of the FBI are totally immoral. They're very subversive. They're involved in, 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 in psyops and in lying campaigns against its own people. But, it, but we can't paint even the FBI with a broad brush because the FBI also engages itself in you know, combating pedophile rings and, and shutting you know, child pornography organizations down. That's a very good thing. In fact, that's necessary. That work needs to get done. Now, I don't think we need the FBI to do that work. I think we can do that work uh, on our own with, with private organizations. In fact, there's some great YouTube channels that uh, expose child predators, and they do it all pro bono. You know what I mean? And they, they have these sting operations and stuff like that, and they just do it of their own accord. And one of the guys, I think he said his own son was molested, and that's what drove him to do it. And now, you know, he does it for YouTube, and he makes a living off of it, but it's, it's, it's all private. Um, look, we don't need the FBI to do that part, but the, we can't say that everyone who works for the FBI is immoral because it's just simply not the case. So we can't just do what old AD used to do and just paint with this super large brush that you just, ah, everyone's an evil bigot. You know, not not bigot. What am I even talking about? That that My crazy voice is usually people t calling others each, each other bigot. So anyway, so um, I want to apply this to Big Eva as well. You know what I mean? Because I go hard against Big Eva, and rightfully so. I mean, there's so much evil that gets done uh, in the name of Christ by some of these big evil leaders. And the thing about the FBI and like the TSA and, and the Federal Reserve is the people that work there, they've got these specialized jobs, 
and they they're not in the know of sort of like the high level what's going on you know the you know we're, we're, here's how we're going to subvert reality today like they're not aware of some of that stuff and it's the same in Big Evo we've got people that are connected with some of these organizations you know nine marks and 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 maybe even ERLC to a certain extent even Gospel Coalition like I think that the world would be a better place if Gospel Coalition didn't exist and the ERLC however I can't deny and this is might be controversial. I can't deny that there are many people that work for some of these organizations that have these compartmentalized jobs that are doing good, right? And so I don't want to go scorched earth on all of Big Eva because they still do pr- have a function, right? They're still doing stuff. They don't know what Al Mohler's talking to Ed Stetzer about. They don't know that Russell Moore and Ed Stetzer, oh, we got to platform Francis Collins because he'll be a good spokesperson to evangelicals for the Great Reset. Like, we don't know that, uh, like, a lot of the, 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 the underlings, and I don't mean that as an insult, I, I, like, you know, the, the people that have the role players in Big Eva, they just want to honor Christ, you know what I mean? They just want to spread the gospel. And, and some of them are confused as to what that means, and, and, and that's fair. That's fair criticism and all of that. But I don't want to go scorched earth on those people. I want to help those people. I want to help those people to understand some of the subversive stuff that's coming from top down from guys like Ed Stetzer, Russell Moore, you know, Al Mohler, and, 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 and the like. Like, like, they're not privy to the secret meetings, just like we're not privy to the secret meetings. Some people are, and we're finding out more and more about what happens behind these closed doors. And guys, if I were you, if I was Al Mohler or Russell Moore or Ed Stetzer, I'd be super worried about what's going to get exposed next, because um, people that want to serve Christ and serve the truth are everywhere. They're everywhere. So, you know, we can't just go scorched earth on the whole thing. Yes, it would be better if the solid people that are associated in some way with Gospel Coalition would stop associating with that. It would be better if they would 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 break ranks and start criticizing uh, the leadership in some of these ways. In fact, that's what would be so helpful. I think if if, if some of these you know nice guys, sort of winsome people, would start breaking ranks. And if they want to do it in a winsome way, then fine, do it in a winsome way. But if start criticizing some of the subversion that we've seen, where all of a sudden it's okay to not have church when the government says so, to pretend like the vaccine is the Holy Spirit and it's required for Christians and masks and all this stupid stuff, like like. There's basically no great reset agenda item that Ed Stetzer won't try to subvert the church with. And I've got a lot of rage towards Ed Stetzer because he's doing it intentionally, knows what he's doing. Um, but the people that are under him, that like him, and they, they, you know, they've been friends in the past and so they trust him, um, they don't really, I don't think a lot of these guys know what's really going on and they're just trying to spread the gospel. And so we can't go scorched earth on these people. I know that's going to be controversial, and I know that you might think I'm a hypocrite because I, I go hard on against uh, Big Eva and Gospel Coalition and ERLC. I'm not saying don't go hard. You can do that. You know what I mean? I'm not saying don't go hard on these people, but recognize that there are people that aren't in the know. It's like the compartmentalized you know, part of the FBI that fights child predators. They don't, they don't know what the, uh, the critical race theory uh, spreading FBI, the PSYOP FBI uh, organizations or cells are doing. And they're not evil just because these people over here are evil. Like, you, you see what I'm trying to say? Resist the urge to go scorched earth. Um, because for all their faults, and I think it's a net negative, like an organization like the Gospel Coalition and ERLC. That's my opinion. It's a net negative. That does not mean that there is no positive 
Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, the, some of the work that these organizations do, it has to get done. And we need to start setting up our own kind of parallel systems in the sense that, you know, that work doesn't just get abandoned, doesn't get just thrown by the wayside. You know, we need to start undoing a lot of the confusion that some of these organizations have sown amongst the churches. I mean, it, 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 and it's and we know how they've done it. Right. Because they've basically made, you know, um, uh, you know, smooth words and winsomeness the sign of ultimate humility and righteousness. And, 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 and so it really doesn't matter what you're saying. I mean, you could even say something as crazy as, well, you know, it's okay for a pastor to desire, uh, you know, man flesh the way he would desire a woman. As long as he's op- open about it and says he's celibate, then it's okay for a pastor to just desire uh, sodomy. It's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. How, how has this happened? How has anyone accepted that? That's obviously contrary to Scripture. Well, because what they've said is, well, he's winsome. He's talking smoothly. I mean, he, uh, yeah, we disagree, but he's a brother in the Lord. And the sign of a brother in the Lord to these people has become smooth talking, talking kindly. When in the Bible, we have verse after verse after verse that warns about that exact thing. Watch out for the person who's spreading lies and subversion in the church, but does it with smooth talking. It's the, the Bible consistently warns of the heretics that talk smoothly, that talk kindly. The, the, butter, buttery words, but war in their hearts, right? And so we know how this has happened, and so we need to figure out a way to undo a lot of this subversion and stuff that Big Eva has allowed because of, you know, their, their kind of, their strange morality, their strange tests of righteousness. Um, we, we need to figure out a way to undo it, and I don't think that the way to do it is just to go scorched earth uh, on all of it. That's just my opinion, and uh, I hope you found it helpful in some way. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about um, today is this this trucker thing, right? And uh, the trucker thing, you know, I haven't really commented on it at all uh, up until yesterday. And uh, I saw a video. I don't know who was in the video. It was kind of a kind of a strange looking dude, right? And he was saying his concerns about the trucker thing, and and, and I agree with most of them. And basically, the part I agree with is the part where he says, you know. I'm sure these people, I don't know if he said this, but here's what I said. I'm sure that a lot of these guys have their hearts in the right place. You know, they want to do what they can to end these mandates and all of the insane COVID policies that's going on up in Canada. They want to do whatever they can to end it. And so their idea is to stop trucking, to take 50,000 trucks off the road, go to Ottawa, shut it down. And eventually the politicians are going to feel the pain enough because they're, they're, you know, the trucks are gone and, and they, they can't get work done in Ottawa, whatever, that they'll, they'll cave, right? Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting idea. I don't think it's going to work because it's just it's too easily sidestepped. And, and uh, the video said it was a PSYOP. I don't know if it's a PSYOP or not. I'm not saying it's a PSYOP. It also said something about Elon Musk and his uh, fleet of like robot trucks which I don't trust at all, but I don't know if that's part of it. What I do know is just the strategy doesn't make sense to me because it's just too easy for the government to just sit on their hands and then when the food shortages get intense, because you can't take 50,000 trucks off the road and not have massive shortages at these stores. Stores don't carry inventory anymore, right? They're starting to increasingly, by the way, which is an interesting development. I saw some statistics about 
inventory loading at a lot of stores, which has not happened in a long time. But in any case, stores don't carry inventory. And so it's only going to take a few weeks with 50,000 trucks off the road before there's massive shortages. And all of these truckers that are being lauded as heroes now are now going to be hurting the people that they're claiming to want to help because of the shortages. And this is not like the Boston Tea Party. Somebody said to me on Gab that it's like the Boston Tea Party. You know, they threw the tea in the water. That, that disrupted supply shortages. The, the context is totally different. Number one, it's just tea that they threw in the water. Number two, that was at a time when people could grow their own food and could feed themselves. They had chickens. They had, you know, you know crops. They had meat. You know, today, like, people probably, most people probably couldn't, last a week if the stores weren't open and full of food like people don't store food anymore people don't have farms as much as they used to anymore like this is a very dangerous game that these trucks are playing because yes they're being lauded as 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 heroic right now but what's going to happen when the 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 drugs are in shortage and the food or food is in shortage and and people this is why people think it's a psyop because like we were already experiencing shortages and now they're doing this and so it's like, I don't know if it's a PSYOP or not, but the strategy doesn't seem to make sense. This hurts regular people more than it hurts the powerful people, the, the elite. And, and it also, it, I agree with this, the man that, I forget this guy's name, but in the video he said, what's going to end up happening is you're going to create a situation where the government can become the hero again. Because you're not delivering the food, you're not delivering the medicine, you're not delivering the goods People start suffering a few weeks later. The government says, yeah, I told you these people were evil. We'll bring in the military to deliver this stuff so you can eat again. And it's not like people have backup food. They don't have stored food. And so they're going to be like, okay, I can either not eat and support freedom, or I can eat and admit that Trudeau has my best interests in mind. Which am I going to do? And I don't think that, especially in Canada, for example, because Canadians, it certainly seems to me, were very submissive to the government. And I'm not trying to insult Canadians. It just seems like a fact. Like, I, I, I talk about Canadian churches every now and then, and, and people, Canadians email me, like, I can't find a church within 150 miles. And here in the United States, it got pretty bad during COVID, but it was never that bad. And so it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't, I, I hope, I wish it, I wish the strike well. I hope it works. I don't think it's going to. I think it's just way too easy for the government to sidestep it. So did, does that mean that they planned it and it's a PSYOP? I don't know. I'm not going to say that. But it doesn't seem like a very well thought out strategy, in my opinion. It, it just simply doesn't. And it hurts the very people that it claims to help more than it hurts the elite. I think that's a problem. And so um, that's, that's my opinion on the trucker thing. I, I also watched a few videos about it um, or people on the ground and stuff like that. To be honest, it just looks very contrived to me. It, it, it's, it kind of stinks like a psyop. I mean, just the way that everyone's so organized and the cops are there and, and like they let them into this, this, this kind of, you know, this is the capital. It'd be like it happening in D.C., right? You have to be let into D.C. in order to occupy it. And so it's like, so it reminds me of January 6th. They were let into the capital. That's what happened. And it's like, why did they let us into the capital? Because they had a plan. You know what I mean? Did they did they plan the rally? I don't know. I have, I have no idea. But they definitely planned to let you in and do what you were gonna do. Like, it stinks, guys. I think I think the trucker thing st it stinks. It really stinks. Um, but in any event, um, but yeah. And then and then I said on Gab too uh, last night that 
you know, freedom is not won by theater like this. Because even if it's not a psyop and even if it's not totally contrived, what's happening in Ottawa is theater. You know what I mean? It's theater. And it's maybe it's symbolic. And I'm not saying that sim- symbols aren't important. Symbols are important. They are. But uh, freedom is one in between your ears. You got to just say no to these tyrants. When, when, when You can either live like a slave or live like a free man. And um, you should just say no to these mandates and go about your business. Now, that, that doesn't mean your business isn't going to have to change. Like if you work at one of these places that's insisting a vaccine, you might have to find a different job. You might have to you know, train yourself to do something different. You might have to scale back on your lifestyle. You might have to move, change states, change houses. Like, like, I'm not saying it's going to be easy to just go about your business, but it's going to be worth it to go about your business. And it's like, it's, it reminds me of homeschooling, right? A lot of people say, I can't homeschool. And what they really mean is some people really can't homeschool, and those people we ought to help as a church. But what most people mean when they say they can't homeschool is, I'm not willing to reduce my lifestyle the way I would need to in order to homeschool. And it's like, okay, but you can homeschool, you simply don't want to enough. And we need to make those distinctions. You can live like a free man right now. There's a lot of people don't want to enough. That's a big thing that I think we need to come to terms with. We act like everybody wants freedom. Not everybody wants freedom. At least not that badly. Anyway, I hope you found this podcast helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Network.